We continue our daily Bible reading as we begin on this first day of the week this Sunday. I know it's an extra day we're going to be reading, but it gets us into Exodus to start out the week, um, or, or at least to start out on Monday. Um, so that's why we're going to do this. So we continue just right where we left off in chapter 49. Uh, again, probably at a point you know already, the Bible wasn't originally written with chapters and verses in there. This was just one continuous story. We believe Moses to be the author. Uh, generations have always believed that. Uh, God even, Jesus even refers to them as the books of Moses, those first five books of the Bible. And uh, this is the first of them. And so we just pick up and we go right from the end of 49 into chapter 50. Um, we divided, I'm talking about human beings, divided the Bible up to chapter and verses. So we'd be able to do this. We'd be able to break it up in sections. I can tell you, hey, turn to chapter so-and-so, verse so-and-so, and you and I can, can uh, get there together. So we read uh, at the end of chapter 49 that uh, Jacob dies. He's gathered to his people. We talk about that. He's gone to heaven to be with his loved ones. Heaven is that home. Jesus describes it as that, uh, where we're brought together again as the, as the, as the family, uh, the, the human family, uh, Christian family, uh, together in heaven. And, of course, what happens then, too, well, we see that the wages of sin is death. Romans tells us that. But it also tells us about the fact, or, or I'm sorry, not in Romans, but in um, um uh, in, in 1 Thessalonians 4, we're told that we grieve, but not as those who have no hope, but we grieve. Um, so if you're in that position right now, you've lost loved ones. We all have. I've lost loved ones. We grieve them. Joseph grieves them. So we see the sting of death, um, but we know that the sting of death and uh, has been changed. It's been, it's been corrected. It's been taken on full blast by Jesus when he's by, by his dying on the cross and then is rising from the dead so that we can grieve as those who have hope. Uh, but here's Joseph grieving. And of course, then there's a burial involved there. Uh, we read about the various ways throughout history, the way the bodies are embalmed. You know about Egyptian embalming of bodies because Joseph lives there. He's got that luxury to be able to do that. Um, and so they embalm him, but the whole process ends up taking 70 days um, kind of like how we how we honor our loved ones when they die with a with a wake and with a funeral and with a gathering together. We pause from what we're doing uh, normally in our life. We even airlines will even give you a break on airline tickets so you can get together uh, with your family. Why? Because that's so important that we remember our loved ones even in their death, uh, and even much more so as as Christians. And that we remember, hey, this is not the end. Um, and that we, when we bury a body, we know we're going to see them again. So uh, some people won't be caught dead in church. Um, so oftentimes, uh, the only time people are going to be in church is for a funeral. We have a chance to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, the wage of sin, but, but what God did for us in, in Jesus Christ. So uh, Je Joseph asks, and this shows the favor that God had blessed him in Pharaoh in Egypt, to go and to bury his father back in, in Canaan, and he gets to do that. Where uh, Remember we talked about yesterday where Abraham had bought the land for uh, for Sarah, and then Abraham was buried there too. Isaac and uh, Rebekah were both buried there too, and now Jacob's going to be buried there as well. Uh, remember the tension between Esau and Jacob, uh, so Esau doesn't, uh, doesn't get that. Um, but again, you know all this because you've been reading through Genesis together. Um, it was such a gathering for Jacob's burial that uh, even the people of Canaan, verse 11, say this is a grievous mourning by the Egyptians. They recognize that. Now, that's a bit ironic because the children of Israel, after the exodus, we'll read about that uh, in the next days and weeks to come, uh, they're going to come back to Canaan and take the land of Canaan. Uh, and and uh, the people of Canaan had heard about the, the Israelites, and here's a little bit about what they'd heard about that as they passed that down the generation. 
So uh, Jacob's buried at Marm. Verse 13 tells us that. And then Joseph returns back to Egypt. That's where God's got them for now. That's where God is taking care of them. But the emphasis, and even going back to chapter 49, uh, when Jacob's given his blessing and his his, uh, predictions about uh, each of his sons, is that you aren't in the place where you're supposed to be. You are heading to the promised land, which is a, a picture to us as well. Reminder every single day, COVID reminded us of that every time there's a death. Every time there's a major fire like we had in Hawaii, reminds us this is not a permanent place. We do not belong here, but we do have a permanent place, but we're to live with our treasure stored up there, not our treasure stored up here. Because we put them here, they're going to be gone one day, like the fires in Hawaii that we that we saw. Um, but when their treasure are stored up in heaven, that's going to last for eternity. And we saw that an eternal blessing uh, given to Joseph back in 49 as well. Um, so we come to, um, and, and then, then we come back to reality. Now, verse 15 shows us a, a, a true picture of Joseph's brothers. Uh, they're wondering if now, if when Jacob's dead, if, uh, if Joseph now is going to lower the boom on them. In other words, there's our constant fear that Satan brings up our sin and reminds us about them. So we're always worried about the forgiveness of God. You may be in that spot right now. Could God really possibly forgive us? And the answer is yes, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he already has but yet we continue to think about that. And I also think about that with Joseph's brothers. You know, I think I made this comment with Esau and Jacob when Jacob's going to meet Esau uh, for the first time after a long time. I think what we fear most is that if I were in Joseph's position, this is what I would do. And that's what his brothers are probably thinking. So it's kind of a kind of a uh, sad commentary on ourselves when we're worried about what other people are going to do to us. It's probably because if we were in that situation, uh, we would probably do that to them. Um, So lots of repentance that needs to happen. But of course, Joseph, thankfully, by the grace of God, um, he says, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? So Joseph recognizes the place of God is to take revenge. If there's going to be revenge, and God says this all over Old and New Testament, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. In other words, we leave that up to God. Uh, Romans chapter, Romans 12, verse 19, uh, it's quoted in the New Testament, uh, but it reminds us that we leave those things up to God. And I don't know why it was, but the other day I was kind of thinking about this whole thing of revenge. If I take revenge on someone who's hurt me, then what I've actually done is I've done something just as bad as what they've done to me. Why would I want to stoop to that level? Why would I want to go there? No wonder God would tell us, don't do revenge. In fact, we, we kind of look at past societies that had the, the law of uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, and we say, how barbaric. Actually, it was their way of limiting revenge uh, in, in society, not, not in the church, because let's face it, if you're going to get revenge from an earthly perspective, you're going to do it even worse. You you hurt me this much, I'm going to hurt you 10 times as much. That's our human sinful nature. Um, so there's the limitation. But fortunately, Joseph recognizes that uh, by grace. And, uh, and he notices this too, that God is so great that in all the evil that might happen to us in this life, in all the bad things that can happen, God can actually work it out for good. Now watch it. That doesn't say everything that happens to us is is from God, or everything that happens to us is good. No, it's not what it's saying. There are many bad things that happen in our life, but God can take what is bad. He is more powerful than evil, and he can work good. He always has. He always does. Romans 8, 28. Uh, go there. Check it out. Um, so he tells to them, and here we see a principle. Well, uh, Joseph sees repentance in his brothers, and so he comforts them. Verse 21 is there. The same way that same what we receive from God. 
when we come clean before God and we confess our sins to him, he says, don't be afraid. He comforts us. Um, and, and so a great picture of that there. So then Joseph dies, and but before he dies, he reminds them of some important, important facts. God will visit you, he says in verse 24. So remember, we don't belong here in Egypt. So when you leave Egypt, and we're going to read about how, how that happens, there's a lot of history that's going to happen there. Make sure you take my bones and carry them to the promised land where they belong. In other words, we recognize where our home is at. And Joseph does that too. Now we're going to read through Exodus next, so you're going to read those details. But keep this one in mind and see this seamless thread of history that the scriptures give to us. Now, real quick, so why do we read Genesis? Now, in Genesis, we understand our beginning, how the world was created, our position within that creation. We are the crown of God's creation. So when you look around at the world and we say, hey, there's a difference between us and the animals, well, duh, uh, it is because we were created differently uh, than than others. When, but when we see the, the sin in the world and we see the effect of sin, both on creation and upon us, we go, Genesis chapter 3, that's what happened in the fall. Look at the curse to uh, to the serpent, to Eve, and to Adam. It's being carried out. But we also see the graciousness and the love and mercy of God. God went after Adam and Eve when they hid from him after they sinned, and God would not leave them alone. Thanks be to God for that. What a great gift we have there. We're going to continue on as we get into Exodus together, and you're going to read uh, more in the second book of Moses that he writes Uh, to inform us. God bless you as you read.